This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. My name is Grace Johnson. I am the assistant editor here for the Peninsula Pulse, and today I am joined by special guest Toya Wolf. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Yes. So Toya is our fiction judge this year for the Hal Prize. She is also an author. And this is kind of a interesting opportunity for me because we actually did a podcast together last year. Yes. Toya was one of the featured authors on the Washington Island Literary Festival. So I usually don't get the opportunity to you know, kind of catch up and chat with authors like this. So we wanted to kind of give some little bit different conversation and information. So definitely check out the podcast that we did last year where we talked about her debut novel, Last Summer on State Street, to get a little bit more about that. Brief introduction on my end. So like I said, Toya released her debut novel last summer called Last Summer on State Street. And it has been received very well in the last (laughs) year. And most recently, she was a finalist for the 2023 Pen America Open Book Award. And also, just very recently, this is May, um, (laughs) you received the Chicago Book Award, which is amazing. Yes. How has that all been going for you? I mean, that is like, just when you felt like everything was done, the dust was settling and you could just sort of take it all in. I won this huge prize from the Pattis Foundation through the Newberry Library. And I just, I'm still in shock actually. Yeah. <laughs> because it's one of those awards that, you know, it's obvious that this family set up a foundation. They set up this award so that writers could really just come off the grid and write. Mm-hmm. And I spent like a total of 15 years working on Last Summer on State Street. And so there were other books that were piling up. And during the quarantine, I started reading scripts and then I like adapted my book into a TV show. And so I have all these projects that are like piled up mm-hmm. and it's the perfect time to like sort of not do anything else except write, which writers don't actually do. Let alone fact, writers typically <laughs> are like teaching and mm-hmm. like having little other side jobs and doing all sorts of things while they write a book. And I'm trying to do this revolutionary thing where I literally just write for yeah. the next year. So so this prize is like perfect for this goal that I have. Yeah. So I'm just really shocked that like, I'm actually going to get to do that. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and, you know, I think awards like that are just a really awesome opportunity for writers, like you're just saying. And, you yeah. know, especially in you know, with the locality of it. I love when, you know, prizes are able to kind of highlight writers that are like really focusing in on creating these scenes for other people to like understand, you know, like in this case, Chicago and like all of its depths and quirks and everything, you know, that's (laughs) awesome. So congratulations on that. That's amazing. Thank you so much. So like I had said, we talked last year about the book a little bit, but for anyone that might not have listened to that or haven't heard about your book yet, can we just do a brief little rundown about what it's about? 
Sure. So last summer on State Street is uh, set in the Robert Taylor Homes, which was a collection of high-rise housing projects. Like you hear about Cambridge Green and like Henry Horner and some of the other housing projects that were in Chicago. The Robert Taylor Homes were these sort of 16-story tall like towers, and there were 28 of them. So they took up a lot of real estate on the south side. And my family grew up there. Like I grew up there. My mom was raised there. My mom moved in. My grandmother moved in as a young adult. So Mm -hmm. it's sort of a a staple in our family. And I set my novel there because when I set out to write stories, this group of girls, they were always sort of running around these buildings. So last time on State Street takes place in the Robert Taylor Homes and it follows four 12-year-old girls. It's narrated by one of the girls. She's in her 30s now. And it really is sort of about a summer that changed all of their lives because the city's tearing down all the buildings and there are also things happening in their individual households. And they're also just sort of growing up, you know? Mm -hmm. So the book is really just sort of a look at Black girlhood at a very specific time in the 90s. And I hope that people will continue to check it out and share it with, you know, everyone they know. Yes, I definitely recommend picking it up. I did get to read it last year and yeah. it was one of those, it really packs a punch in, you know, <laughs> a short amount of time. I think, you know, I'm somebody who likes to annotate my books and, you know, write yeah. along. And one of my favorite things is just reactions that you have as you're reading the pages. And I have so many notes just throughout, you know, like, oh my gosh. And, you know, like, ah, and, <laughs> It was, yeah, it was just, Me too. Yeah. I, that's how I read. <laughs> so it was, it's a really amazing, it's a great book. I do recommend it. Thank you. And then getting into that, we're going to talk about current projects that you have coming up. You kind of hinted to me that you've got a new book that you're working on as well as potentially some TV pilots. Yeah. yeah so what can you tell you us about those? You know, it's really strange. I'm actually trying to decide which book I want to start next, mm-hmm. um, which is not, it feels like an odd problem to have. But on the one hand, I could stay in the story world on State Street because I'm really very interested in the first summer on State Street for these families. Mm-hmm. Just before they started the construction on the buildings, a lot of the people who moved into the Robert Taylor homes, they were living like, you know, a few blocks away to the east. And so they were still having sort of a bustling life, but just in other sort of like two-story walk-ups in other mm-hmm. parts of Brownsville. And there had to be architects, policymakers, designers, politicians involved in this building because it's a government, it was government funded. Mm-hmm. And so there are all these players sort of like out of sight and I'm very interested in who those people were but then also following the parents of the four girls from the original book Mm. like how they all crashed how they all crashed landed into these buildings they weren't friends actually they you know if you trace their sort of parents background they all sort of go back to Mississippi mostly but they didn't really know each other before these buildings were constructed and they were living in community together so I'm really interested in what that could look like I also there's another book that's sort of knocking in my chest that's set in a restaurant downtown, which is kind of a callback to my days of like working in restaurants. And 
I was never a server. I was a restaurant host. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's an unexplored job that is very interesting because the host sort of decides where the server, they decide who comes into the restaurant and is actually seated, but also the sections that the servers get to have in the restaurant. So they have a lot of power Mm -hmm. and they can abuse that or they can be very kind. But Mm -hmm. I just like, I know that there is a a book that I'm going to write that's set in an Italian restaurant downtown. I'll keep it very vague for now. And (laughs) I just think, I think when you work in restaurants, there are people who are coming from neighborhoods all over Chicago. And it'll be a cool opportunity to write about the West Side, to write about Chatham, to write about Hyde Park, and to to see it through the eyes of employees who have to travel from those very rich, very interesting neighborhoods to come and do a job together. Mm -hmm. So I think for now, I'm just kind of doing research on both books, and then we'll see who who, who gets the job. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And, you know, something like that is you know, very relatable up in Door County, you know, because we have such a huge tourism industry and (laughs) serving like the service industry is huge up here, you know, and like restaurants and everything, you know, and having worked in the service industry, you know, growing up here, it's like, as soon as you're legally able to work, you pretty much start working. (laughs) Um, And just like all of the experiences that you have, like there's, there's, just nothing like working in a restaurant. Yeah. And it did, depending on who you're talking to, like whether you're the chef or manager or server or mm-hmm. host or a bus, you know, person who buses dishes in the kitchen, your perspective is going to be very different. Your sense of like empowerment is going to be very different. And so I'm just really excited about that book too. That's a book I've wanted to write for a very long time, mm-hmm. but I wanted to give, I wanted to give last summer on state street. It's like proper, you know, attention. And yeah. even now, like people still want to have conversations about it and so I'm comfortable researching other books but I'm actually not even ready to write another novel because Mm -hmm. this book is still like on display and I'm still having conversations but the TV pilot is really fun because this story world to sort of live on and in a different genre Mm -hmm. and I had some really cool conversations with some production companies about doing the the TV pilot but no green light just yet but it's sort of being shopped around a little bit and then there are a few other TV shows that I'm really sort of interested in writing Mm -hmm. so I'm just kind of sliding into a quieter season where I'm doing a lot of thinking but a lot of writers we forget that before we could sit down and write a book we had to live some life first and so I'm just gonna go live a little bit (laughs) be a person again yeah Yeah, I'm excited about that. Nice. Um, How's that like, you know, writing a TV pilot versus a novel and, I mean, even adapting your own work into, you know, a script for a TV? How does, how do you, you know, work with that? Well, it's, it started out as just an experiment, right? Because no one asked me to do this, so Mm -hmm. no one was looking for it. And I was like, if this is an like no one will ever even know Mm -hmm. and I just think the reason I did is because I spent so much time with these characters I created them and then I spent so much time sort of crafting the book I thought like who better to write the script than me let me just go figure out you know how you write a script and see if see if I can fool people you know Mm -hmm. but I just think the thing that from um, prose to screenwriting is that 
if you are really great at dialogue, if your dialogue sounds like, you know, the way people actually speak, then you're in really good shape. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of what I had to study as the sort of action part of writing a script where you tell people where you are and what people are doing with their bodies and things like that. And so mm -hmm. that's the hardest part for me, like writing, like doing, like screenwriting. But adaptation is fun because I oftentimes have a story idea, but I'm not sure which form is best to tell mm -hmm. it. And I've always thought in that way. So with screenwriting, I sort of think about, okay, what story could sort of live on for years to come? And these girls, like, they all have such rich lives that I could only, like, give you a sketch of in the novel. And I thought that, like, putting them in a TV world, it would allow me to sort of back up a year before the timeline of the book and sort of show you the first day that Stacia arrived at, you know, the girls' elementary mm -hmm. school and what it was like to have this new family around and have these, you know, yeah. ha have um, have them disrupt things a little bit. And so I just think these characters in in television form characters they all sort of get an arc and i feel like in a novel there are a few people who you know are taking your attention but i think when you've got a tv show that can have multiple seasons you've got a long time to tell story and so mm -hmm. i think for these characters that was really interesting to me and there are other things i'm going to write like there are feature films that i want to write and those stories are just kind of like you and they're done. And, and so I just, I think I'm really excited about sliding into screenwriting because TV writing gives you an opportunity to hang out with characters for years and feature films, They there's a story that you have in your mind, uh, a lot like some novels that, you know, you have the story and you get it done and just kind of let it reverberate for like years to come. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, that would be great. I would love to see a TV adaptation of last <laughs> summer, you know, I just... Like I said, I can't continue to say enough how good it was. Um, so like being <laughs> able you. to, you know, explore kind of those characters in more depth and, you know, revisit and maybe get to see some things that you can't necessarily in the book. And, um, yeah. you know, there's a lot more that can be explored. And I always found that very fascinating, that adaptation kind of style and, you know, the, the purists of, you know, I want it to be exactly like the book, but I mean, it's a, exactly. it's a, you know, it's a, it's a different media type. So there has to be some changes, but you can maybe do some things that you can't in a book and yeah. you know, vice versa. And, and that's the fun part that it takes on a whole new life. Mm -hmm. And I, I think there are, there are some books where, you know, keeping it very close to the original writing it makes sense but mm -hmm. i just think when you're able to use like the benefits of a new form i think you should just go for it and kind of let yourself lean into that and not mm -hmm. feel like you're pulled into the original book i can say that as a person who wrote the original book <laughs> i know that <laughs> people mm -hmm. who adapt someone else's work they they have to be a little bit tender with it like mm -hmm. you know and it's, it's tough for some people because they feel like they don't want to disrespect the original work. But when you adapt your own stuff, you really can go crazy because you're like, you know, you're not offending. You, you could think that you're offending the readers because we really do write things and they go out to the world and they're not just yours anymore. Mm -hmm. But I have like, I hope I don't ever lose this ability, but I have an ability to turn off everybody else when I'm working on things. Like mm -hmm. it's just me and the work and I don't, have audience in mind. I don't have agents in mind. I don't have publishers in mind. It's just like, I 
am trying to figure out what is this thing that's trying to come out of me. Yeah. And we're having a intimate time together until until it's finished. Yeah. Well, hopefully we see some good news come out of that work <laughs> yes. and we'll have more to share, but we don't also don't want to jinx anything. So I'm not going <laughs> to You know, since we can't talk too in depth on your project set, as you are yeah. still kind of now that you are, you know, kind of through this last year. And like you said, you're going to be able to, you know, spend some time actually sitting down and working with these things, but right. just kind of wanted to touch again on, what this last year has been like for you in terms of, you know, uh, the reception that you received and, yeah. you know, kind of this continued discussions around your book and how it, you know, can remain relevant. And you also released the UK edition, I believe, earlier this right. spring, you know, and what that experience was like. Yeah. And I actually had a chance to go to London and talk to a BBC station, oh, a BBC nice. radio. Like I actually went to a radio station, which sounds so like antiquated, but it was mm -hmm. really cool. It was like 9 p.m. I was at a radio station with the big headphones on <laughs> and they were playing like hip hop and everything. And then they work and they're like we're here with Toya Wolf I'm like this is so crazy like I am an 80s kid and radio is such a huge part of my mm -hmm. upbringing so to be in London at a radio station spending a lot of like American like black American music that I grew up here on you know radio stations it was just such a full circle really cool mm -hmm. moment but I in the last year I've just been very fast and furious I have been sort of all over talking to lots of people who I hadn't before may not ever see again but I just I kind of love this part of writing a book where you get to actually go out and like meet the people who are excited about what they just read or they heard about your book and they're going to read it but it's really cool to kind of meet you and so I just I've had a lot of conversations in a lot of different spaces there's a typical like bookstore but also like workshops at institutions and then I talked to a bunch of nurses at Rush a month ago and so I've just talked to a lot of people about this story and so many people want to talk to people in their lives about what they just read and you can only hope you write something that inspires people to do that so I just I think we're like coming to the end end of that season this sort of like showing season you know mm -hmm. and I'm just like looking forward to sitting down and at some point I have to actually read the book through again and ask like what is a Toya Wolf book like what what about my writing is something that will be identifiable to me and also to other readers and just going back to this original question of like when I read Toni Morrison and Toni Cabambara and Alice Walker and just asking the question what kind of black woman writer will I be and what will I add to the canon and I just think it's the answer is in last summer on State Street and I have to go in there and find it like okay yeah. what did I do <laughs> <laughs> yeah and what what parts of this writing will be my legacy like what what will be the sort of identifiable thing that you read a book and you know that this feels like a Toya Wolf book mm -hmm. so I'm excited to to answer that question for myself yeah well and that's interesting <laughs> I've I don't think I've ever thought about it that way before or have heard anyone talk about it in that way you know before this something that you've created and you know you've spent so much time on it and you know you put it out there and it's finally and it's almost this well what did I what did I just do and it, you know it's almost like a 
it's almost like a little journal, you know, and you can find yourself it in it. And <laughs> I'm curious if other authors out there, you know, kind of have that same thought, like, who am I in this? And that's awesome. I'm such a reflection is such a huge part of like how I live in early this summer in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I caught up with David Sedaris oh, nice. and yeah. we were both nominated for a Pen America Award. Uh, he was in the essay category. I was in the open book category. And so we weren't in the same category. Or I would have really just been like, there's no way, Toya, you're going to make this. But <laughs> we, were, we were hanging out for a little bit. And I saw him again just like a month later in Eau Claire. And we were chatting about that night because both of us lost. So we were joking about how we lost those awards. And before I met him in the signing line, I walked past the table where all his books were on display. And there were 13 of them. And I get to the line and I'm just like, David, how how can I how can I be like you? Like this is book number one, and he's like, you'll get there. But I'm just so acutely aware of the fact that I have one book, and I'm at the very beginning of a journey, and mm -hmm. I want to take it all in. I want to enjoy it, and I think David Sedaris doesn't ask those questions like, what's a David Sedaris book? Because he knows. But once upon a time, I bet he wrote a thing and said like, what did I just do? And so. That's kind of I'm just kind of in this very reflective state right now and it's pretty delicious and I'm I'm fighting to keep it because when you're hot people want to keep you sort of in the fire and it's just mm -hmm. like you should strike while it's hot and you should take every opportunity but I'm actually going to do something a bit bold and slow down the train and make sure I'm doing the things that keep me healthy and happy so that I can continue to like make you know great art. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kewanee counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers. So we're going to kind of transition a little bit now into the Hal Prize contest portion. Like I said excited. earlier, uh, <laughs> yes, Toya is our fiction judge this year. So I'm super excited about that. Yes. And kind of before we get into maybe a little bit about the Hal Prize, I'm just curious on your thoughts about writing contests in general. Like, have you ever submitted yourself to contests oh, yes. and what that, you know, what that experience for you was like. Yeah, like, and you know, even the prize that I just won, I had to be nominated by someone, which is a little bit different from, this has like an actual application process yeah. and like blind reading and things like that. But I have the very first story that would have become last summer on Stage Street was story called Tanya from the Ten. And it was just a short story about one of the characters in the book. And it won second place. This is so fascinating, right? It won mm -hmm. second place. It was like the Union League Civic and Arts Foundation short story competition in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And the Union League Club is like a special, like a member club in the city. And it didn't win first place. It won second place, but it's still like there was money involved. I 
won something. And then one of the judges, there's like a ceremony to, you know, go to a nice dinner and that sort of thing. And one mm-hmm. of the judges walked up to me and she was just like, this story blew me away. For every contest, there's a team of judges and they all sort of, I'll use the word fight because um, <laughs> I can't find a softer word right mm-hmm. now, but they, they all sort of fight for the person they think should be first place. And sometimes they lose. Sometimes they don't get the person they chose. And when they finally get to meet that author, they completely fan out. They're just like, you wrote that story. It was amazing. I wanted it to win, but it didn't. Mm -hmm. But they sort of give you, they give you this encouragement and this affirmation that you should keep going. I think that's the best part about contests, you Mm -hmm. know? And even if you don't win at all, it's great that you're like in the game. And every rejection letter I've ever received I like cherish it because it's a reminder that I'm active and I'm sending things out. Some writers will frame a rejection letter from somewhere important, you know, mm-hmm. but I've just, I've sort of applied to several contests and I just think my first novel, a major part of the book was entered into a contest and it was, I was sort of affirmed to keep going because it was like really great. And so I just think if for no other reason, people should enter contests because it just kind of like helps you to remember that you are active and that you're part of this collective, Mm -hmm. you know? Like whether you win or not, you know, you're like, people know you exist. People Mm -hmm. in your field know that you're out there. And I was a finalist for a pen award, which is to be in the top five of such a like prestigious award, like that is the award. But then I also have to go to the ceremony where, you know, of course, David was there, but also like Tina Fey was there, Molly Ringwald, all these people. Ugh. I didn't even like, I didn't even think these people, yeah. like I would ever be in the room with these people anytime mm-hmm. soon, you know? Yeah. So I just think contests, they're so great because you don't know these judges. You don't know, like now you're on their radar, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you didn't win, but maybe they're editing an anthology in the future. And they're like, there's that one writer who writes about this thing or who really got my attention. And so I'm just such a fan. All that to say, I'm such a fan of contests, Mm -hmm. uh, writing contests. They really help sort of, and you have to sort of pull it. Absolutely. And I feel like the Hell Prize especially is a good starting point for a lot of writers. And, you know, I mean, in comparison to, you know, some other places, like our submission fees are relatively low. And and the exposure yeah. too of like, of being published, like some people, they haven't even set out on that journey yet to start publishing things. Mm-hmm. So you want a contest and now your work is published in, you know, in a magazine it gets, mm-hmm. you know, it has a huge circulation and it's just, and it's funny, like I, I always think that, you know, a judge, someone who's judging a stack of submissions, they have to look for unique voices. They have to look for stories about places that we haven't heard about. Like mm-hmm. we're being exposed to a different world. And I'm really excited to get these submissions because it's going to change me. Like yeah. there's going to be sort of an education. There's going to be, I'm going to be sort of inspired by great writing and and so I just, I don't know. Like, I think the whole process is good for everyone on both sides. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> it that just kind of reminds me, I recently just wrote a story for our weekly paper. There's a couple of high schools up here, three of them, that have uh, student-led literature and arts kind of publications. So a combination of like creative writing and then visual arts from students. And 
you know, some of them have been around for a while and one of the schools, they've only been doing this for like three years now, but I got to talk to some of the students and, you know, our contest is open to all ages and stages of writing. <laughs> so it's, you know, I'm always really excited to see if we get younger people submitting. I know last year we had a 16-year-old from Florida got an honorable Whoa. mention in one of the categories. And I'm like, yes, yes, that's like, <laughs> uh, I love seeing that. Um, but it was really that's great. Wonderful. Like, yeah, talking to some of these students about this. And one of the student editors at one of these schools, you know, when she first kind of heard about it and that, you know, one of her writing pieces was going to be included. She didn't really think anything of it, you know, like, oh, this yeah. is, you know, kind of just like, a, you know, your typical kind of school newspaper and just kind of is something, but didn't realize until she had the physical copy in her hand. And I mean, you know, the school does a works um, with some local like printers and designers and things up here to put it together. So, I mean, it, you know, really does wow. feel like a publication and having that in your hands for the first time and physically feeling it is just something that is so different in comparison to, you know, seeing it typed out on your computer. Yeah, it's very special. Yeah. Absolutely. So I oh. hope that we have a lot of people that get that opportunity and have that feeling seeing their work published with us. And, I, you know, it's been great yeah. for us to be able to transition from just printing them in our regular paper to doing a separate publication for them now and, you know, hoping to elevate the writing and, you know, show people that, you know, how professional and put together <laughs> it can be. And so that's always just really exciting for me. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just going to like, they're going to go on and they're going to continue. It's like you get, you know, you get bitten by the bug and you're just like, I want to publish more things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it's great to send a query out and to say that you have been published somewhere, you know, yeah. you get to write that publication down in your letter. So mm -hmm. you guys are doing such a good thing and it's, it's so necessary. Yeah. I really hope people, we've been seeing some growth in the contest in the last few years and I, I'm hoping, yeah. you know, for the same this year and that people put their work out there. For sure. Well, I'm definitely going to tell all the folks across my like social media oh, that yes. they need to get in on the HAL Prize and to remind them that it's blind because, mm -hmm. you know, we don't want anyone disqualified because they're telling us too much information. Yes. So on that kind of note, as you're judging, what do you think that you will be looking for in the submissions? Yeah, I think I think it's important to... So I teach at Bennington College in Vermont, and I'm always telling my students that they have to remember that there's something... They're sort of called to write something that other people cannot. And when I read stories and when I read, you know, big chunks of someone's manuscript, I'm always looking for sort of proof that this person's kind of giving it their all from their insides, right? Mm -hmm. And whether it's, of course, like not every writer is writing sort of like creative nonfiction or things that are from their actual life, mm -hmm. but I can tell when someone's using like expertise, whether they researched it or it's their life, whether they're using like expertise from their like lived experience or there's like passion seeping through like their words. And so I'm looking for writing that, that's coming from writers who they have something unique to share with the world and they have total command of the narration itself. Mm 
So I just think if you're an editor at like a lit or magazine, it's your job to sort of sift through and find work that is really different. It is really teaching you something. It's just sort of doing a lot and rising to the surface. And so I think the more specific and unique your story, the sort of higher it's going to rise out of the pile. Yeah. Do you have any advice for someone who might be considering entering the Hal Prize but isn't sure about it? Yeah. So on a very basic level, like make sure your work is clean. Go through and make sure you're saying what you want to say. Make sure you're cleaning up any of those little typos and things like that. But make sure you tell the story that wants to come out of you. Like, get it all down on the page, you know? I think I'm such a firm believer in revision. So if you write something and, and you've, got it, you've got it out and it's done, that's called a first draft. So you, you need to run some circles around that thing a few mm-hmm. times. And not just for polishing sake, but a story, I find that story and characters reveal themselves the more time I spend with the work. So submit things that are sort of ready to go out into the world and do your due diligence to make sure you've like put it all on the page. Like don't leave any character inside, get it all down on the page. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. So we're going to be wrapping up here, kind of bringing things to a close. Just a few informational bits about the HAL Prize that I got to make sure everyone knows. So we are accepting submissions now. They're open through September 1st. We accept submissions for fiction, nonfiction, poetry, and photography. And you can submit over multiple categories. So if you're somebody that is into writing poetry and fiction, if you are someone interested in photography and nonfiction, you can definitely submit to multiple categories. And you can find all of the submission details on the howprize.com. We are taking submissions this year through a platform called Zealous. Um, and we have a link on our website that will take you directly to our page and It has all of the guidelines and information. We give out prizes, which are really fun. We have some great partners this year. We've always been working with Right On Door County pretty much since they started, and they've been a big supporter of the writing portion of our contest. And this year we are working more closely with the Peninsula School of Art which is, you know, a big arts group up here. And, you know, over the years they have donated small things for prizes for the photography, but they approached us and they're like, what can we do to get more involved and to be a better supporter of this? So I'm really excited to have them on to kind of lend that support to our photography category yeah. going forward. Like we have the support with Right On. And I'm really excited to see where that goes and, you know, what we can do for each other and help highlight the writing and the arts in our community and showing it to other people, bring other people's work into our community and, you know, just have this great exchange of creativity and it's an exciting year, I think. Yeah, that's wonderful. Nice. And ending off, do you have anything else that you would like to say to our listeners? Yeah, I just want to inspire people to keep writing. There are some people specifically regarding the How Prize, there are some people who are going to be a little timid about applying. They're thinking like, maybe my stuff isn't good enough. And I want to push those people to like, 
do your absolute best and then go ahead and submit. And then anyone who's listening who has like a book in their head and they're thinking they're not qualified to write it because they're not a writer with a capital W. Mm-hmm. I just think there are stories that need to be told and you you might be the only person who's passionate about telling that specific story. So go and write the thing. Uh, you don't have to show it to anyone until you're ready, but just go get started. And it's summertime. It's the perfect time to read a lot, write a lot. So I just uh, want to encourage listeners to get out there and get that book down. Onward. <laughs> Onward. Yes. This is the summer. I keep saying this to all of my friends. It's going to be the summer of creativity. <laughs> yes. So very excited for that. All right. Well, thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah. It's great. Absolutely. You know, again, I said this is, I don't really have the opportunity to kind of catch up with writers <laughs> that have talked to you before. So, yes. you know, this is very fun and I really appreciate it. I know it. it's always great talking to you, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I'm really excited and I'm going to keep my eye out for any news on new things coming or if you're going to be in the area and you know so I will definitely be following along with what you've got going on and I hope our readers do as well thank you guys so much yeah yeah thank you I'll see you all around yes and thank you for everyone for listening we'll see you in the next one Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.